Welcome to Ubu Dub, and it's been a long time no here, but we're back for a very special reason, which is that um, we have two new reissues coming out, St. Arkansas and Pennsylvania, and we call them reissues, but as you're going to hear from David Thomas, who's our one and only guest this week, that uh, they are basically new albums. So let's get straight into it with the first track from Pennsylvania. Enjoy. There's a diner out on Route 322 in Western Pennsylvania. I spent my life there one afternoon. I can't get that stretch of road out of my head. I hear it when I'm taking a shower and reading the paper. I look up and see it across the valley. They tore down the starlight and down at the end of the road and built a big day's in that blocks the view. But I know that road's still there. I can feel it wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, and it knows that I'm still here. And it's waiting. We are abandoned. Liars own the words and all the pictures and all the museums in the world are just a shell and peaking played by the clever people that broke the rules. Reality is defined by the needs of the media. History is rewritten faster than it can happen. Culture's a weapon that's used against us. Yeah. Culture's a swampland of superstition, ignorance, and abuse. Geography is a language they can't screw up. The land and what we add to it cannot lie. It's also like a mirror, reflected we see ourselves, but we choose to turn away. Watch it now. Watch it. David, welcome. <laughs> yes, hi. Yeah, welcome. First track is Wooly Bully. Wooly Bully, yeah. What's, well, what's that, was, a... that was pretty essential to the album. That was like one of my first first ideas for it, yeah. And this album, uh, you've totally remixed it yeah. in the pandemic, yeah. which we've been busy doing all sorts of things during the pandemic. And this was, is, is basically a shining light that's come out of it because these albums sound completely different. What was your intention? Well... I wanted to, Paraboo's always made a difference between the studio work and the live work. Everybody always says, oh, you're so great live, and your studio albums are d different. You know, well, yeah, the studio albums were are always, we had the idea that, you know, they were to be listened to at home contemplatively over and over again. You know, the live stuff, you know, we pile a bunch of equipment on stage and, take a few minutes to sound check, make sure everything's connected, and then bam, we're into it. Um, so I wanted to I wanted to sort of move much, the albums much more towards a live sound. Now, exact, there isn't, there are no new, um, so I took the multi-tracks and I remixed them from zero without any, you know, a lot of times discovering, well, not some of the times discovering tracks, for instance, that 
we hadn't used originally or that we had kind of buried originally or whatever um but there's nothing there are, there are no new tracks there are no overdubs or anything it's just simply you take the thing from zero and you put it together with the sensibilities that i have here in 2021 with the the updated technology that i have access to now at great expense personal expense to myself um and um put it put them together again it must have been quite a bit of pressure back in the day when you were first uh, doing this in the studio because you had three new members, uh, Robert and Michelle, who'd already been on Ray Gun Suitcase and the introduction of Steve Melman, and coming back into the fold, Tom Herman, yep. who hadn't played with you for around 20 years. What what brought that decision about? Well, Jimmy had to retire from the road. He, could, he was going to quit the band, and I said, Jimmy, you know, you don't have to quit. You know, uh, still do the studio. You know, come in for the studio stuff. You you'll be sort of a, a member of the band emeritus. You know, we'll make a special special category for you, and um, you know, come in and for studio stuff and do what you you feel up to. I mean, his health was failing pretty quickly, um, and um, so I needed a guitar player and. I don't know. I thought of Tom for some reason. I don't know. Um, that was kind of a big risk. I mean, you've got this young, vital energy that's come in that, that you know, are, are playing for a band that they've always loved. And then you've got somebody who was there from the beginning coming in, you know, probably with, with preconceived ideas about how it's all going to go. Were yep. there any clashes in the studio? Oh, I'm sure there was the usual... Usual... Uh issues you know um but there weren't any particular clashes i i really am not one who allows for clashes i don't you know when we're working on something we deal with it from ground zero you know and if you want to bring in i'm not saying he did but if one wants to bring in preconceptions or memories from the past uh, it's meaningless to me. I'm not interested. The same reason why I'm not interested if you quit. You know, at no point does when somebody quits do I say, oh, why are you quitting? What's wrong? What can we do? No, I say, okay, well, thank you for your work. Goodbye. You know, and and that's it. You know, and, it, you know, it's part of the mythology of arrogance that, that's created around me, you know, but I'll add to it. You know, if you're in the band... I have your replacement already in mind. You know, I'm I I'm I'm three steps ahead of everybody else. You know, I'm three steps ahead of you. Um, so, um, yeah, I I just thought, okay, if he wants to, you know, I think I thought it would be a good idea. My thoughts are generally pretty damn good. If you look back over forty years, I've made the right choices most of the time. Not all the time. You know, there's some things I regret, you know, but um, we won't get into that. Let's have a listen to Sad Text. One day, I will be your man. One day, I will be the best that you can do. Time will get you to you. 
these lyrics explain these lyrics because you were still a relatively young man and they sound very uh, tired and and male what do you mean tired no, one day one day someday <laughs> you know. it was a prophecy then yeah well it's you know it's i mean you know it's it's a uh, you know maybe you don't get it because you're a female you know but it's a very male concept oh it's, i get it you know um <laughs> One day I will be your man. <laughs> yeah. One day I will be the best that you can do. <laughs> yeah, look how that turned out. Another really interesting thing on this album is that yet again in the Peribu world, people don't really stick to just the instrument that they're known for, you know. You're playing organ on Wooly Bully. Tom's playing tack piano. Robert Wheeler's playing organ. Michelle Temple is playing organ and piano. Um, and Jim Jones even plays the organ as well. So that that's what, all on all on Wooly yeah. Bully. So I mean, all what, on Wooly what, Bully. No, on the album. Oh, I play I play organ on Wooly Bully. Yeah. So ah. I mean, what are we talking about organ? Are we talking about a synthesizer organ? Or? No, no. Uh, well, it depends. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, well, I don't to tell you the truth. No, uh, to tell you the truth, I don't remember what it was. It's something either they had around at Suma. I used to have a couple old organs. I don't know. What does it matter? No, oh, no. And Suma had a huge Hammond B three. You know that. I bet you it was done on the B three. When this album came out, Griel Marcus wrote incredibly uh, enthusiastically about it. It was actually in his. Um, I think it was number two of his favorite albums of 1998. What do you mean number two? I'm sure number, it's number one. I think some people say it's number one. I can't actually find the, the listing, but um, he says, out of this comes an American language that means to tell a story no one can turn away from. And when I looked at MTV, it said, Pennsylvania is not about stories. It's about half-heard tales where you fill in what you miss, where what you misheard 
is as important as what was heard. It's a catalogue of tall tales, fish stories and local legends, poorly remembered but vibrantly told. Oh, that's amazingly complex for MTV. So why does everybody say this is dark music? When oh, they... I don't know, because that's the... That's the that's what they, you know, that's one of those things that somebody wrote one time and the record company reprinted it and, and everybody, you know, I mean, I don't know if you know how journalists work, but they look for the first thing they can copy and they put that in, you know, and that's what they do. I mean, I, you know, uh, you know music, if musicians are scum, journalists are lower than scum. <laughs> well, the funny thing is the reviews that are sort of like two or three lines all call it dark. The reviews yeah. that are like a page and a half long all go into about how it's this folk well, there tale. there you go, and there you, you have I mean? the explanation. Mm -hmm. yeah. But if you listen to Urban Lifestyle, I mean, that's funky. That's really funky. Okay, yeah. it might be about a dark street in Soho or whatever the equivalent is in New York, but, I mean, that it, that's just full of life, and I wouldn't say it was dark. I'd say it was red light, if anything. Yeah, well, you know, it was written about the parking lot at the plaza down in the red light district of Cleveland, you know, it was, you know, I had a girlfriend who used to park by Braille, you could always tell when she <laughs> pulled into the parking lot, because it was, bam, damn it, bam, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, on this album as well, we have Fly's Eye, and you and Jimmy actually wrote that for Kylie Minogue, tell yeah, us about Fly's that. Fly's Eye, um, well, no, um, a, the A&R guy at, at Fontana, who was a huge Perubu fan, and I, I wished he wasn't so scared of us, you know, but because um, uh, we were scared of him, you know. But, um, um, yeah, he said, you know, he said, kind of, this is a time when Nick Cave and stuff was going to, was right at the same time he wrote whatever he did for her. And um, he asked us to write a song for Kylie Minogue, and, so Jimmy and I got there and sat down at his kitchen table and wrote Fly's Eye in about 10 minutes. And um, 10 and it, minutes? Oh, sure, yeah. You know, and, and um, you can tell from the rhymes, <laughs> it's 10 minutes. Um, and, and um, but I'm not sure that we ever sent it off to, to the A&R guy because we thought, sat there and listened to it and thought, there's no way in hell she's gonna do this track. To drive of the car, still you know. And the guy decide was your brother Bill. It was out of the world from the top of the hill. It was out of the world from the top of the hill. Tonight I can see them in your I mean, to be honest, there's quite a few tracks on this that are, are pretty fast-paced. I mean, there's Wheelhouse as well, which is very fast-paced, and uh, Urban Lifestyle, and, and, you know, it is... A, a and the, drum, the drumming on, on, on Wheelhouse is just astonishing from beginning to end, you know, it's just like, what the hell is going on here, you know? So, as you say, you started at zero, and did you go back to any of those separate tracks from the musicians and think bloody hell i didn't know he was doing that no I that's knew awesome what everybody was doing it's just you make decisions based on the time you know and and 
you know, the difference is now, for instance, I have the technology, you know, I have time. You know, when we were making the thing, there is no time. We're work working on a shoestring budget that any other band would have given up years ago trying to work, you know. And, um, but we made up for it by just sheer determination and willpower and just delivering the goods, you know. And so at the time, everything I've ever done since, um, probably since dub housing, maybe art of walking has been utterly under budget and 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 you, you, you deliver the goods now you know you go with what you've got now and that's all there is to it well you know in 2021 i have the technology and i have the time and i have the inclination and i have the desire and i know that there's more in there you know i've always wanted to just Take the multi-tracks and give them to anybody who wants them and say, mix this. You know, because Perubu exists on this level. Perubu is not not one of these bands. It's not Guns N' Roses or 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 U2 or any of these things. It's Perubu is 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 unique, you know. We am music, you know, so I'm holding the new album up to the camera of Pennsylvania. Well, don't move it around so much. <laughs> and um, that's the back. Uh, did the title come before the music? Did you always want to make an album called Pennsylvania, or did the songs... Uh, I don't know. Everything happens so quickly together. You know, the idea of Pennsylvania, as I said at the time, I had a brilliant graphic that went with it. Um, Pennsylvania is the space between where you are and where you want to be. You know, and it's, you know, 500 miles of wilderness as far as the highway it goes. You know, when you when you cross Pennsylvania from Cleveland, you don't run into any towns. You know, I mean, any cities, you know, you don't run into anything sizable. It's wilderness from one stretch of its state to the next. Um, and so, you know, and it's, you know, it's eight hours of, of blindly driving you know of pain and tedium you know so that's what was that's what that's why i called it pennsylvania the um sticker on the no offense to any pennsylvanians out there it says the sticker on the front says the songs are retold with genius hindsight um how do you feel about that you think it's genius hindsight or just a 2021 breath into it what does it matter? 
If, you know, anytime I get to be called a genius, I'll take it. What I find interesting is, as you say, it's got more of a live sound. You hear more of the nuts and bolts of every instrument that's yeah. playing on it. Mm-hmm. And the vocals are louder, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Do well, you yeah, see... I decided I was going to turn up the vocals. I, you know, I never liked vocals, but um, I hate singing. I hate to have to do it. But um, uh, I thought, okay, all right, we're going to, I'm going to pull them up. Well, that was pretty much of its and time. Also, the other thing is that since then, I've discovered the frequency in my vocal range that I really detest, you know, and I've been able to, I've been able to notch it out. So I feel better about the vocals. I mean, there's this frequency at 112, 113 um, that I really cannot stand. I can't imagine anybody else singing your songs, can you? Well, we've already heard what cat... What's her name, Cat? Cat Popper, but I mean that was a completely different arrangement. That's true. Well, but then that guy did smoke the barbecue. Very nice arrangement. Yeah. Very nice vocal. But they're different songs. When you put a different vocalist on, they're different songs. And they, they, the the um, backing vocals on Fly's Eye, you've again brought your backing vocals forward on it a lot more as well, so that they're not so harmonic. It's a very fresh take on it. Well, what can I tell you? You know, I mean, it's all what was originally there, and, you know, and it's a question of... Maybe it's a question of genius hindsight. Maybe it's a question of the fact that I'm never satisfied with anything. Maybe it's a question of the fact that I hate my own voice, or that, that um, you know, I'm embarrassed by being the singer, or any of these other things. But what, what does it matter? What do the reasons matter? What's, what matters is that we've delivered, I have delivered, you know, two fresh takes on the album that the longtime fans who are very familiar with the albums and love the albums have been startled by. So, um, and had seem, seemingly happy with, I don't know. But um, uh, this is what it is. Some of the lyrics on this album. And also, I'd like just like to point out, there's never an end point to Perubu. You know, everybody always, everybody knows that Perubu is a journey, but what people don't quite appreciate is that the journey never ends so far. I think these albums as well are perhaps you at your most gulp, poetic. Um, poetic. Poetic. I mean, some of the lyrics are really, because in the, I mean, you've always been a brilliant lyricist, but these are far less oblique in their lyrics. Monday morning, uh, in the hard-edged town, the form that the light takes is like a trickle-down. Some things it can filter out softens the faces of the angry men who still walk around in the harvest night of a suitcase town. It's very, it's very, it's poetry. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Do you feel that your lyrics progressed and that this was the, the height of... of you writing no, the there's nothing that's the height. And yes, my my the way I write songs is varied over the years. You know, there's there's endless variations in them. You Are you know? still learning? I'm still still. I don't like repeating myself. I don't like to repeat myself. So, um, you know, when it comes to the next album, if I if I start writing something, I think oh. God, oh, this is just like something else. Then I have no problem lifting lines from myself, but um, or repeating lines. 
but I but they're always repeated in a new context or in a revealing context or or whatever. But um, I just don't like to repeat myself. It's all that's the only thing that's driving me. You know, it's just to keep going. Well, let's listen to Monday morning. Some things it can filter out Softens the faces of the angry man Who still walk around Who still walk around In the hardest night Near the suitcase Pennsylvania was your uh, complete opposite to the industrial Cleveland. Is that why you fell in love with it so much? Well, okay. Number one, Tenement Year was the last album about Cleveland. You know, Cloudland, Tenement Year was standing on the roof of a building downtown and looking out across the night skyline and and knowing that you're leaving tomorrow morning. That's That tomorrow morning is the end. You know, um, so the rest of the Fontana albums are based on that. Cloudland is the journey. It's the beginning of the journey. You know, so when it got to, so Ray Gun's Suitcase, again, I sort of dwelt on Cleveland as a memory, as the urban environment is a, is a memory, as you're, you know, somewhere along that long journey, you know, something sparks uh, 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 you know, you start to think about the past, you know, Pennsylvania was, was, you know, the journey, the space between where you've left, which is, would be Cleveland and where you're going to, which who the hell knows? I mean, a city for all I know, but, um, 
that's where that comes from. I'm going to read you some of the quotes that I found on the internet because you had all the newspaper quotes and we've, we've quoted some on Ubu Projects about this album. Um, but uh, as I say, The Independent said sad, scary stuff. And that was pretty much all they said. It was about three lines. And then yeah. we've got, it's been many years since Perubu has delivered a record as sweeping and lyrical and musical scope as Pennsylvania. And it's been worth the wait. Another one says, easily their best of the 90s and among their best of all time. And MTV said it was the kind of album that, had it been a young band's debut, would have caused a much bigger fuss. Um, You can say that about anybody's albums 30 years later. I mean, you would assume. They all seem to miss the point that, that, that later reviews take that you know, this wasn't the original band. They don't care. No, they As far care. as they're concerned, it's Perubu. And yeah. as they said, one of the best of all time. Yeah. Um, how necessary do you think it was to uh, find new people who understood? Or did you find new people who had a different way of looking at things? I didn't find anybody. You know, people find me. You know, that's the great power of Perubu. Nobody wants to be in Perubu for money, for stardom, or for the girls. People want to be in Perubu because it's Perubu, and it does what it does, and they can work with me, you know, and I do what I do. And um, so that's number one. You know, I, I needed, you know, when it came time... When Michelle, Michelle was a guitar player in her own band, she she didn't play bass. I went to see her, and because I was thinking about people, and um, and I said to her, you know, I really like you to play bass, and she said, I don't play bass, and, she, and I said, well, I'm sure you can, you know, and she became the bass player, you know, um, Melman you know, was, was the drummer in her, one of her bands, you know, and, and, um, he was the replacement for Scott Benedict who had come in just for a weekend and recorded Raygun Suitcase. So I thought to myself, hmm, okay, you know, and, and I saw Melman play and I thought, no, I'm not sure even, no, I never saw Melman play. I just said, do you want to be in the band? And he said, sure, you know. Robert Wheeler, again, you know, um, I knew that he played EML and that he had been in, you know, Home and Garden and this thing and that thing, but I didn't know anything about him particularly. I said, you want to be in the band? You know, if he wasn't the right person for Perubu, if she wasn't the right person for Perubu, they would have said no, or they would have hemmed and hawed. But no, each of them said, hell yeah, yeah, I want to be in Perubu, you know. Perubu selects its own musicians, you know. It's simple. I don't have to do much other than understand that this person is Perubu, you know, and they will slip, slot. I know how this person, you know, Michelle didn't play bass. She's turned out to be a stunning bass player, a stunning bass player, you know. But um, her first instrument was lute, for goodness sakes. You know, and her training was in Renaissance. I can't even remember the title of her doctor or of her thesis. What her degree was in is just so complex. But it has to do with 
the the renaissance the effect something about renaissance music you know and blah 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 you know she was on paper she was the last person you would ask to play bass but i knew she would be good you know same as i knew you'd be good as my manager you know i i knew it i didn't have to uh, you know i didn't have to know anything you know uh, i understand you know i i have i can read people I'm, I, I, I haven't made many mistakes on reading people. I've made a couple, you know, which we won't get into. But, um, you know, I have a pretty good track record. Um, but I don't want to get deep, but I want to get deep. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, David Thomas, you've been doing it at this time for, what, just over 20 years. And you've seen all of them go. All of them, really. Scott yeah. Krauss yeah. and Alan Ravenstein, yeah. Tony Maimoni, all of them. You must have thought to yourself, okay, it's over. No, why should I think it's over? There must have been a moment where you doubted that you could keep Peribu on this journey that you envisaged. I have to tell you, there was never a moment. There was never a moment that I was... Because maybe my perspective from the very beginning has been different from everybody else's perspective. My perspective from the very beginning and the things that I said from the very beginning was that after every 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 album, the band is disbanded. You know, you're you're out of the band. There is no band, and you might and some people be you know if you have if you're the guitar player, then you've got dibs, unless there's something that's come up. You've got dibs on the position in the next band. For me, it's just been a, you know, for me, it's been big from the beginning, slot a person in, slot the right person in and see where that group of people goes. And I, I think to myself, well, this is what I've got and I need one of these. So who can, who, who will add something and fit in to this group of people? And so I make that decision and therein, and I very rarely, the only time Paramus ever, ever, ever auditioned anybody was back in 1975. We had some, we had a kid came in and, and played, played with us for an evening and, you know, in our little jam house out in Euclid, you know, and, um, and I thought to myself, this is, this, this, um, this didn't work out, you know, and the experience of having to say to this person, this didn't work out, was too much trouble for me, too much angst. So from then on, I, I never auditioned anybody. Only half the time would I have ever seen them play. I never saw Melman play, but he was good enough for Michelle. It's good enough for me. It's interesting, and I think you underestimate it. I mean, just this very morning, I was going through CDs where you've collaborated with other people and they're great songs, but they're not Peribu songs. And yesterday, I read an interview with Brian May of Queen because he had gone into the studio with their new live lead singer, Adam Lambert, to do some writing during the pandemic. And he just says, we couldn't do it. You know, we had great fun, but it wasn't Queen. So for you to bring in different people, you, you said to me a, a couple of weeks ago that your original intention of the band were for certain people to want to be in it. Tell people who are listening about that. What do you mean? I you said Shakespeare and... Oh, well, I always had the idea that Perubu, you know, P 
Paraboo was going to be the sort of band that that Herman Melville and 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 William Faulkner and Raymond Chandler would have wanted to be in if they grew up during the rock and roll age. You know, um that was my ambition, you know. So that's the sort of person I look for. I mean, I you know, I'm not going to find a like, you know, Raymond Chandler, but I don't know. Who knows? You know, that's that's was that was my conception that that we were, you know, you have to remember this is back in the in mid seventies. Okay, ideas formulated during the early seventies when rock and roll had mo was moving out of the sort of sixties juvenile fixation or fixation with juvenility and adolescence and rebellion. Now remember, for us in the early seventies, as the post hippie generation. We utterly scorned the alternative culture. I mean, it was a joke to us, you know, full of hypocrites and, and no different from the establishment culture, you know. But the establishment culture produced really cool TV, you know, like Ed Stinn Chevrolet ads and Mudcat Grant appearing on Ed Stinn, you know, and, all, and Goulardi and all this sort of stuff. So, um... I was convinced that rock and roll was on the verge of a, of what I used to call a literate a, a literate era, you know. And lo and behold, other sort of literate bands began showing up at the same time, like television, very, very much, uh, taking that, taking the evolution of rock seriously. And in the residence, and there was other bands all around, you know, who got wiped out by by the copycat crap of punk and new wave you know you people don't i keep explaining saying these things and nobody believes me damn it that punk was invented by by sony corporation and 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 phillips corporation you know it was totally backed by that the new wave punk absolute corporate as corporate as coca-cola you know, nonsense that was designed to wipe out the literate counter-revolution that was going on or a literate evolution that was going on. Oh, and it succeeded. Oh, my God. I read something just yesterday. I wish I could remember who it was by, but it was basically saying that, yeah, the record companies saw this punk movement happening and they didn't like it, but they only knew the way to control it was to bring in their own bands and then get rid of the ones who had started it, and that's what they did. Yeah. Um, I'm not questioning the motives. Number one, punk is a unique, let me say that again, uniquely British um, formulation. Um, it had nothing to do with American. I mean, uh, the notion of an American punk band was a joke, as you can readily see by the first American punk bands, which were jokes, you know. Um now, this is not to criticize the English groups, you know, uh, Buzzcocks, and, and oh, I don't even want to start naming them. Gang of Four, Buzzcocks, uh, Sex Pistols, even, you know, I, you know, brilliant groups, brilliant, brilliant, highly admirable groups. But that's, that's speaking of the whole punk thing in the terms of an English politic, social political movement that was 
stripped of everything and and neutered by record companies and disappeared except for the except for the juvenile you know surface appearance of things you know which just harkened back to the 60s oh rock's all about teenage rebellion Right. Sorry, that's not for the kid. I'll edit that out. I'll go breathe, breathe. We're going to end with drive. So tell us what driving in America means to you, because it's not just a physical act; it's an emotional act. It's, no, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a, a spiritual journey. Um, what does it mean? <laughs> well, there's first of all. You would have to put it in the context of that song I just did the radio edit. What was that called? Uh, the radio dark, will set you dark. free. Yeah, the radio. What? It, it's going to be called the radio will set you free, but it's from the song. Radio set you free. Yeah, which was used to be called dark. Um, uh, so that's that's sort of the the background of it. I mean, you know, if you listen to that song, I mean, that song was written to explain drive. Um, what does it mean? The land, you know, geography is a mirror. You know, it's a, it's a, it, it, I've, I've maintained this for decades, you know, and that you see yourself reflected in that mirror. Well, you're quoting uh, Wooly Bully there. Geography is a language they can't screw up. That's right. The land and what we add to it cannot lie. That's right. Well, that's, you know, and it's a mirror. You can choose to, 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 to see or you can choose to look away. Most people, many people choose to look away. I don't. I study the mirror, you know, because that's telling me about myself, the history of my family, the history of my culture. You know, it, it's telling me about my future. You know, it, 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 it's revealing, ultimately revealing. Relentless as the hour of time It's just as unforgiving 
Pennsylvania and it's being released on the 10th of September and we are very very excited that on the 10th of September um, Perubu will be playing it live uh, some songs from Pennsylvania and St. Arkansas on our own um, live stream not quite sure where that's going to be yet it'll either be on our Patreon channel or it may be on Bandcamp but we will let you know um, and we will see you on the next podcast, which will be all about St. Arkansas. Oh, I thought this was supposed to be about St. Arkansas. This one was Pennsylvania. Oh, all right. Okay, well, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>